Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Ocean Protect podcast, talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect, committed to change. Mate, you're a great communicator. Let's just dive straight into it. I've been given a bit of stick from you because, you know, <laughs> like like I'm from the South Island of New Zealand. You can't see, but out there are mountains full of sheep, cattle, deer, um, and, that, and that's the way we've grown up here. Now, going into it, you went into it for personal reasons, now environmental reasons, and you're talking about being a good communicator. You should go on the board of vegan and say, hey, let's change our marketing pitch here. Let's say, let's just eat more veggies. Like, if, I was speaking to someone down this afternoon um, who's helped me out, you know, weeding the garden, and in anticipation <laughs> for this podcast, <laughs> I, Sweating. No, no, I, I was like, you know, you know. Let, let's start a discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and surely a, a better slogan would be, "Hey guys, eat way more veggies than you do meat. Make meat a treat, and don't storm abattoirs and don't storm, you know, restaurants. And you know, to get your point through. Surely, as a communicator and as a former policeman, where's the angry coming from? Where's the angry coming from? Well, uh, look, in Matt, I'll, I'll come oh, to no, your defense. No, 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 no. I'm asking Matt, no, no, because I'm not asking Matt as himself. I'm saying as the vegan movement, surely you must be able to speak to someone yeah. up top and go, hey, guys, let's change our marketing <laughs> pitch here. And I, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And from a personal perspective and the way that I look at, at the world and the way that I see things, I certainly see a need and a, a position for all forms of advocacy. However, some are more effective than others. Mm. Uh, some only have a very small effectiveness, if, if you like. But it's, it's interesting because on a personal level, I'm quite militant's not the right word, but I, when the, if the time comes for a conversation, I'm not, I'm not afraid to uh, stay in my case and, and have a discussion. I don't have time for any discussion or to speak to anyone who is just going to throw at me with bacon. Like that, that's yeah. not of interest to me. It doesn't serve any purpose to anyone. I am all about quality conversation. doesn't mean that we have to agree. Just as long as two people can go into a conversation or a group of people can go into a conversation, have an open mind, stay their case, listen to the other people, and hopefully all walk away having learned something. So it's interesting. So that's sort of from a personal perspective. From a business perspective, it's been rather interesting and certainly something I have struggled with over the years because we're in a small town, probably pretty similar to Wanaka. I've been there and it's, it's a great place. But 
there's a lot of farmers, there's a lot of agriculture around here. Uh, there's also a lot of country people and not necessarily open to the ideas of uh, veganism and, and things like that. So from a business perspective, it's been very interesting. And you know what? And I probably cop some heat from um, some vegans for this. And and you know what? I'm, I'm willing to defend my position and, and have, a, again, an open conversation about it. But we made the decision at the beginning to to supply and have uh, dairy, like cow's milk in our shop. Uh, and it's the only non-vegan thing in our shop. All our food is vegan. The way that we sort of decided to work around this, and again, there was a lot of thought behind this, uh, was that we decided to offer a discount rather than a surcharge for drinking cow's milk. We decided to offer a discount for choosing non-dairy milk. So we've seen our non-dairy milk sales go probably from about 5% in the beginning to probably 50-50 now. And a lot of open conversation around why we do that, you know, the reasons behind it. So yeah, so I digress a little, Jeremy, but I the communication thing is is massive. And I certainly try and do that through my social media, uh, through one-on-one conversations I have at the shop, through podcasts I've been on, uh, and the communication thing, mate, is it's, you know. Well, what, it's, what, what, what do I think, what, look, since meeting uh, Mr. Uh, the Big Deal, <laughs> sure, conversations, um, education is the key, 100%. Hmm. And I'm eating more veggies than I've ever eaten in my life, and, and I eat more vegetarian food than I have ever in my life, and that's through choices, and you can only make choices once you've got a choice, meaning uh, yeah, education. Going back to my question, if you were at Grills saying to the person who first went, Come on, let's you know storm it and, and let's be angry vegans. Would you go back to them and say, guys, maybe let's think about this a bit more. Let's workshop this because do you agree with people storming restaurants and WA and 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 and, and disruption? Do, do do you agree with that type of messaging? Because all that does, I mean, I I, I know what it's like. All that does it pisses everyone off and goes, oh, you angry vegans, which is not what you are as as a whole. But you're tarnished with that. So I'd begin to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I I think with any any social change in history, there has been disruption and even at times violence. And you know, you look at any major social change over over the years, whether it be uh, slavery, whether it be black rights, whether it be civil rights, whether it be women's rights, whatever. There there's been disruption and there's been uneasiness around those things. I think that sometimes those things have to happen. Do I think it's a good idea? I think it probably does more harm than good in a lot of cases, but does that mean that it's wrong? Um, That's, I guess, not really up to me to say, but I completely see where you're coming from. And if I look at myself uh, at 24, sitting in a steakhouse in Brisbane and some vegans come in and Mm. start carrying on, I'm not going to be happy. So it's a, it's a very interesting scenario we're in because I I believe that we as a human race have to change. That's pretty much a non-negotiable uh, if we're going to continue to live on this earth and and try and exist with nature. We have to change. It's it's mm. not a it's not a question. What I love the most, Maddie, is that uh, again, my, like his website contact details will be in the show notes. I hope you get some hate mail for serving milk at your cafe. <laughs> because, or no, because this is a really good point. What he's doing, it's like a lost leader. He's going, okay, do you know mm. what? I'll serve it. We'll come in. We'll have a conversation. Yeah. 
look at you from a business point of view. You've you, you've increased your 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 vegan or your non dairy milk, uh, you know, by forty five percent, and you're starting a conversation. It's the one percenters changing someone, you know, having a conversation softly, softly. I'm gonna take my I'll take my hats off to you, mate. I think it's a really good way to get some point across. Yeah, look, it is a good way, and Matt obviously communicates it very well. And and I, I referred to Matt as an angry vegan at the start of the uh, a, a podcast, and and look, obviously, I did it facetiously because Matt obviously isn't uh, coming across ever. And I've known Matt for quite a few years. Uh, I've never seen Matt sort of get angry at all. But look, obviously, there are uh, some vegans who do get very aggressive and and force their opinion on others. And but I I personally believe that they are a very small minority of the vegan community jeremy referred to this uh, vegan board or or group there the reality is there isn't any and obviously uh, like any sort of i guess uh what do you mean are you guys not on snapchat no 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 you talked about a sort of a, a organization or a collective of ang- ang- or vegans or you know coordinating different approaches the reality is there actually isn't uh, but w- what there is is a growing awareness amongst an increasing uh proportion of the population that that uh, a whole food plant-based diet is better uh, for ethically, environmentally, health-wise, etc. And I see this as a real game changer uh, just recently in the athletic world. So when I when I did Ultraman for the first time, uh, probably four or five years ago, and it's an event that Matt did uh, a couple of years later. I did it to sort of it's a crazy ultra endurance event, three three day event, ten k of swimming, four hundred and twenty k of cycling, eighty four k run, and I did it to show what essentially vegans can do because uh, I saw uh, veganism or a plant based diet as essentially the the edge to high performance. I, I felt fantastic. I, I couldn't stop winning races since going vegan, and I just used it as a way of showing uh, like doing this crazy event that essentially vegans can thrive and essentially outperform omnivores. Uh, in the absence of meat and dairy. You know, I, I had this crazy sense of confidence that I'll just beat everyone, even at an event that I had no idea and probably no um, no real, uh, you know, I really shouldn't have been there. I was up against guys who do three-day events and I was a, a one or two-hour uh, event specialist. So, And Matt's done the same thing. He's using his athletic performances and his crazy ultra-endurance activities to start the conversation, to spark interest, to get people thinking, realizing, and appreciating that, you know what, uh, you can, you don't need meat and dairy and eggs. You can actually function better. Uh, you can perform crazy things. And fundamentally, it's better for the environment. It's widely recognized, and this is where the Ocean Protect thing comes in, is that we all must appreciate that the animal agriculture industry is the leading cause of deforestation, the leading cause of biodiversity loss, the leading cause of ocean dead zones, one of the leading causes of climate change. Fundamentally, we need to change our activities on the planet to appropriately protect it for future generations. And the reality is we have to change our diet. It's a fundamental thing. And this is where the, the Matt's sort of query was, and, and don't, uh, I guess it was sort of a tongue in cheek criticism was, Hey, as an ocean protect director, we need to be sort of, uh, you know, leading by example. And look, and, and whilst Jeremy and Jeremy has copped a bit of flack on this show previously from angry vegans, if you want to use that term, but I know Jeremy, uh, better than most. And whilst we have this banter of, you know, him being, Oh yeah, I'm going to eat some meat and vegans or whatever. 
I do know Jeremy doesn't eat a huge quantity of meat. Sure, he does eat meat. He's not vegan. He has he has increased his intake of whole food, plant based uh, nutritions, etc., and uh, increased veggie consumption, and even growing his own veggies and fruit, which is fantastic. But yeah, uh, and I think that's a fantastic thing. Uh, but we've got to recognise that everyone's at their own sort of level. You know, Matt used the example of him as a twenty four year old eating steak. Um, you know, wouldn't wouldn't have received an angry vegan very welcomely and i'd be the same i i i personally thought vegans were no good for anything except a bit of hacky sack uh you know like you know throwing some you know tunes around the campfire and that's about it but now you see so many athletes and when i talked about ultraman like when i did my second one i'd say about a third of the field were uh, vegans uh and i see this in particular in the ultra endurance community if you're out there on your feet for 16 hours a day for X number of days, you are dialed into every little snippet of maximizing your performance. You've researched it. You've read the, listened to the podcast, read the magazines, read the journal articles generally. And it's so, so interesting that so many are coming to the same conclusion and taking advantage of it that a whole food plant based diet is maximizing their performance. And this is where I see the real game changing happening. It's not from the angry vegans of the world, you know, burning down steakhouses in Perth or whatever or gluing themselves to the uh, uh, yeah, I love, I love the glowing. The it's glowing actually the athletes. Me. It's the athletes doing these uh, endurance uh, endurance events, and also the whole bunch of uh, uh, plant based bodybuilders who are just everyone looks at them and go, "Gee whiz, you don't need meat." Well, and, thought. But but Brad, do you know what? Even if it's, it's the benefits of being a vegan, you, you can't deny it. And again, a conversation I had today. What's the single action that you could take to reduce your, your carbon footprint if you want to change the world? If you just want to act now and change the whole world from your point of view, you become a vegan, and that's the best thing you can do if you want to help mm. the world, correct? Yeah. yeah. And that's without the health benefits, without yeah. all the other medical benefits, endurance. I mean, we all know that. And it's, it's certainly opened my eyes, Matt, and you know, from the first episode to now, yeah, sure. I'm eating a hell of a lot more veggies and enjoying my veggies a hell of a lot more. Mm. And do you know what? Like it, it's been, it's been a great journey and I'm stoked you've been on. But again, we've got to get this across to the masses. Maddie, if, if I was down in uh, the lake bar in Wanaka tonight, <laughs> I walked in there with, oh, I'm a vegan. I'd probably get punched. Um, if, I, if I went over to my cousin's uh, place for a Barbie on Sunday down here, I'd probably get punched, you know. <laughs> we're, we're, again, but they're all farmers, and that's how they've. Yeah. That, that's how. Well, that's their living, you know. So, sure. how do we farm more sustainably? How do we, you know, like it's you, you can't take that choice away from people. But what we can do is give people the education and give them the tools to make the right choice. And sure. And that's what it's all about. So I'm, I'm really stoked you've been on, Maddie. Like to be honest, I've, I've only been. Doing my stretches since this morning. I've got all my notes here. In case- I, I, just on what you just said, I, I, I also agree with that. And I think you know there'd be a industrial collapse if everyone went vegan tomorrow. Uh, but encouraging people to to eat more fruit and veggies. I mean, that's that's a great place to start. I don't think anyone's going to argue that uh, factory farming is a good idea. I think that probably a hundred, two hundred years ago, the way that you know places like New Zealand, places like even where I live and the way farming was done where the consumption of meat was very small. Uh, the consumption of dairy was of your own animals. You got it yourself. You grew your own fruit and veggies. Um, I mean, that 
that was potentially a sustainable uh, way to live. However, we don't live in that world anymore. We live in a world with, I don't know how many billion people now and predicted to be how many billion in the next couple of years. Meat consumption has gone 10x and we're coming up with these ways of producing a product and using animals as a commodity which are completely not sustainable. I find it, I really find it hard to believe that anybody would argue that factory farming is a good idea. It's destroying our earth and the, the processes that are involved in it as far as monocropping, uh, as far as clearing land, none of that's a good idea. I don't care if you eat meat or not, none of that's a good idea. And it, and it really, you know, if you get passionate about it, it really saddens me. You know, like I watched a couple of weeks ago, I watched the new David Attenborough documentary that documentary is devastating. Like those those palm plantations in Borneo and things are like. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's just so mind. Like for everyone that has not watched what we're talking about, you've David and like Sir Legend. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just it blows your mind, doesn't it? Another great communicator. Exactly. And another great way of communicating the message. And David, David just recently has been coming out and advocating for a plant based. Yeah, yeah, uh, he, has, he has, he has, he has. And when he says it. Yeah, surely. Oh, whatever. Yeah. What do you say, yeah. David? I'll do. No, 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 no. But the whole world should be like, because everyone loves him. I mean, like, oh, yeah, if he's, like- he's got to be. I reckon he might be the most popular person on the One hundred percent. And if he's not, then you guys are all angry. You know, like, <laughs> you know do you know what I mean? Anyone's sus with Sir David? I mean, he's he's amazing. But no, no, you're right. Again, good communication. It really does sadden me, mate. And and I think. Yeah, you know, I've noticed a change in you, Jeremy, from the first episode. Like, have you seen these big boys? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Jeremy's flexing his biceps uh, for the listeners. Uh, Biceps. <laughs> as does Matt. And look, I'll put you both together. <laughs> <laughs> I'll introduce you to Des and Troy. <laughs> you should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. To your point there, Jeremy, from the from your first point, I think, is everyone in the world going to go vegan tomorrow? No, they're not. But can everyone reduce their meat consumption and become a little more aware of the environmental impacts, the impacts on their health? Of course they can. Yeah, one percenters. Jody Salmon said, if you make a one percent change every day for 30 days, look at you've made a 30% change. So Maddie, totally agree. How do we get on board for the, the Epic 20, 2022 sponsorship? Uh, look, I don't know if Ocean Protect will jump on board. I'll have to talk Ooh. to the boss. I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll, he'll say yes. But, mate, if anyone wants to get on and support, is there a website? How, how, how do we connect vegans and non-vegans to what, what is a great cause? Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So I've got a, a website, thetattoorunner.com. Not quite sure how I got that name. 
but uh, <laughs> tattooedrunner.com. Instagram is probably my main um, platform, which is adventures and activism. But if people want to shoot me a, a, a DM or an email, I'd love to talk. I'd love, I mean, I'd love to have you guys on board where I've hopefully got a very small toe in the door for a potential Netflix pitch. We're trying to get things like that happening because what I'm going to, what I'm going to do, not attempt, I'm going to do, uh, hasn't been done before. And I'd really love to, to be able to document it. So any potential sponsors that, that might be interested, I'd love to, I'd love to chat and yeah, the, the building is certainly happening. Um, as I said, I'm doing these, uh, build up events and, and starting to prepare. So, uh, yeah, the tattoo adventures and activism, um, shoot me a message, love to chat, love to continue to work with you guys. I love what you guys do uh, and the people that you have on on the podcast and, yeah, super cool. But before you go, one thing I did want to talk to you about, and this is something I've heard you and your dad talk about, and we should put a shout out to uh, your dad, Stewie, Stewie Grills. Uh, he's how old is he, man? 60 He's 66 and he's still running ultras with me. He's a madman. And he recently did a, a race. He tried to do a 200-miler, which is a, what, a four, five? How, uh, 320K. And he, how far did he get? He he rolled his ankle and he kept running for about I think about eighty k on a rolled ankle, but he ended up doing two hundred and forty k I think. Two hundred and forty kilometers in his sixty something on a rolled oh, ankle. And, and one thing I've heard you guys talk about because your dad Stu was on the uh, Ultraman crew with us uh, when you did your crazy Ultraman, but I've heard you guys talk about Grill's grit. And one of the things I wanted to talk about with you in particular because you're, you're someone who knows a lot about grit, and this, from my perspective, is something that to date is really lacking environmental protection and awareness like and and i love the idea of setting extraordinary goals which seem completely out of reach but the reality is humans as a human race have an extraordinary ability to to actually achieve the seemingly unachievable and people would look at your run for example and go 100 k's of running every day for 50 days through the nullarbor which literally means no tree as a as a side note in extraordinary conditions people go that's just madness never going to achieve that and and I, I i my mind goes back to like the jfk speech in 1961 where they set the uh, goal of putting a man on the moon you know he's talking about you know we go to the moon and do the other thing not because it's easy but because it's hard and we'll go to the moon and then do the other thing and guys like uh, Winston Churchill with his speech around you know when when he's facing you know the the Germans the German onslaught talking about you know we'll fight them on the beaches we'll fight them in on the uh, on the fields we'll fight them in the streets we'll never surrender we'll never give up and this from my perspective the environmental movement needs grit we need to set extraordinary goals and essentially work our backsides off to actually achieve them it will be an extraordinary achievement to actually appropriately protect our our planet we are facing extraordinary challenges. Climate change, you know, more plastic in our oceans than fish by 2050. Massive amounts of deforestation, biodiversity loss. To turn that around and appropriately protect this planet will be essentially the greatest achievement of all time. It seemingly seems impossible, but this is essentially the time to do it. This decade that we are currently in gentlemen is the time that we have to act and i was keen to get your perspective around essentially just grit and determination you know setting a crazy goal and then just working your butt off to achieve that how do you essentially i want to sort of you put your mind in say day 37 yeah day your body's 37. falling apart 
your crew's at their wits' end. You're essentially should be hospitalised. How are you going to be putting one foot in front of the other? You know, how do you pull on that grit and just keep moving forward and, and essentially try to achieve the seemingly unachievable? I think that's been 11, 12 years in the making, that determination and that grit doesn't come from uh, a year of training and, and having an idea. I believe that it's, you know, use the analogy a lot of, of building a house and you start with a foundation and day by day, run by run, week by week, year by year, you, you build that on that foundation. And a lot of that is around uh, mental strength and whether you call it grit, determination, um, stubbornness, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's, it's daily doing something towards a goal that you have belief in but might not necessarily want to do every day. You know, like my life, as I'm sure that most of us, my life is pretty hectic and I don't buy into anybody's excuse that I don't have time. You know, I wake up and this isn't to blow my own horn, but this is just to demonstrate the, the grit and the mental factor. But, I mean, I wake up between generally between 1 and 3 in the morning uh, at the moment I'm waking up daily cause I'm doing the same distance every day. So it's, it's a little easier, but I wake up at sort of 10 to three, uh, every day I get organized. I do a short meditation. I get organized. I go and run, I get home, I share, I go to work and then I finish work and then real work begins being a dad, cooking the family uh, dinner, uh, doing all the running around and running a business. So grit is not something that, that you just acquire, uh, or that, you necessarily have it's certainly something that you can that you can build over a long period of time uh and i never i said in a talk that i did recently that i i'll never go into an event and i believe that so much of so much of achieving a goal and and giving your best performances around language i, I never go into a race thinking or an event thinking uh, or saying i might finish maybe if I can do it, I believe that a lot of it is around language. You probably didn't notice before, but I said, "Yeah, not- no, I did attempt." You, you said, "I'm not. I'm going to do it, not attempt mm. it." Yeah, 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 it. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so much of that around is around language, and I mean, to to relate that back to what you guys do, it it can be really hard because let's face it, we're talking about me running and. In the big scheme of things, it's pretty irrelevant. I mean, yeah, running 100K a day is is massive, but it's pretty irrelevant. However, you talk about things like the environment, it is a massive, massive issue uh, and thing that we all need to work together toward. And a lot of times I feel um, pretty hopeless about it all, to mm. be perfectly honest, so particularly in recent years mm. um, when things like the Attenborough documentary come out and you see the state of play and what we're doing to this planet, like how do we fix that? But the only way we can fix it is, as Jeremy said earlier about the one percenters, it's about raising awareness, doing things like you guys are doing, uh, like I'm doing, and building people's awareness around what is going on and trying to get them in whatever way to make a change. Because if we don't do that, like we're screwed, like this the planet will restore itself if humans went away. That's without doubt. You know, if, if humans were wiped out tomorrow, the planet would restore itself back to the way it was, no problem. 
humans are the biggest problem to this planet. However, there's certainly more sustainable ways and ways that we can work together, whether you say that's through grit, whether you say that's through determination or necessity, I believe, that we can make a change. And it's a massive job uh, and it can get pretty overwhelming at times, but we just have to stay the course and like you take it back to that analogy of running, you know, build that house brick by brick, day by day, doing work we feel we're called to, like you guys are doing and trying to make a change. I mean, before your podcast started, I didn't even freaking know what a stormwater trap was. Like, you know, so... Neither did we. <laughs> so, I mean, even, even on a very basic level and somebody who I'm reasonably aware of these things myself, I mean, you guys have opened my mind to... Stormwater. I mean, it's, mm. it sounds so basic, but it's such a mm. massive importance to the state of their environment. It is a slow uh, build. It's, a, it's you know, we, we use the term build the house uh, to quote Rich Roll, who's obviously our, uh, our hero of both of us. You know, you do do it brick by brick. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day and it does take little steps. And you look at just the progress that Ocean Protective made just uh, on, on the ocean plastic scene, just in the, in the space of a, a year and a half, like literally a year and a half ago, we started a, this podcast thinking just our mums would listen to us. Now we have, you know, literally about 600 people listening to us us talk about stormwater related and ocean protection related issues uh, uh, across the globe and and we are so so, so uh, is it, have we, have we only got 600 people 600 people every week oh sorry I thought, <laughs> which is fantastic for essentially two guys who have no celebrity status in any way shape or form but also on the back of that podcast we've learned so much we've, we've uh, yeah, connected with so many amazing. individuals and now collaborating with so many amazing individuals and, and like literally two days ago we can now announce that we've announced a, a collaboration with CSIRO Australia's leading science organisation to essentially tackle the plastic pollution problem in, in Australia and subsequently beyond and that's that's it's just so exciting so that's for everyone at ocean protect let's go back to that i mean that is an amazing achievement what what starts is communicating in a port macquarie i think where you and i got up and had a yarn and oh, look someone again, like yeah, again it's, right. it's through communication and going back to it, what a great achievement. We are working with uh, Australia's leading research organisation, CSIRO, and we are joining up with them and to stop plastic entering our waterways. And, again, yeah. it's through communication, through talking, through, I don't know, being good buggers. I, I, I don't know. But been a lot of hard work and grit. A lot of hard work and grit, but it's been a slow build as well. When I say slow, (laughs) seemingly has been quite quick, but, but, and, and one thing in terms of language, one thing we do do on this show, and we're very mindful of this is actually focusing on the positive. I think there's far too much negativity in the world in general, uh, but certainly around environmental issues. It's, it's seemingly so doom and gloom and so, uh, I guess sort of unmotivated when you hear X and Y story about how bad it is in for X and Y issue. But the reality is we focus on the solutions and the solutions are readily available. It just needs a bit of mojo uh, and, and some hard work and determination to actually see them happen. And that's something we are actively working towards. And and not just us, obviously. There's a whole bunch of people working on various uh, solutions uh, to appropriately protect our oceans in particular. And that's so exciting. I, I feel as though that's that's just 
it makes me motivated. And I think if I was to use the language of, gee whiz, oh, ocean plastic, what a terrible problem. Oh, the Great Pacific Garbage Pack, how, how terrible is that? It would be depressing and you'd move on to do something else. And it does seem like an impossible task to sort of try to appropriately protect our ocean and try to appropriately protect our planet for future generations. But the reality is, there's no other option. We have to do it. And I remember deep in the darkest hours when I did my Ultraman, the second Ultraman, I was, I was terribly sick trying to do an 84K run. And the reality was I just did not give myself an option to fail. I would have literally run through a brick wall to finish that run. And look, I might have been very ill afterwards, but the reality is I finished. And it's the same thing for your ultra endurance events. Look, whilst this 100K a day for 50 days seems absolutely absolutely crazy and seemingly uh, beyond human comprehension and and, and uh, abilities. I, I, I can't imagine anyone more qualified to do it. And I have every confidence that you will. Thanks, man. It's very kind of you. From me to you, Matt, certainly was not what I, I've never seen a photo of you, never heard your backstory. <laughs> I just knew you as this crazy runner um, and a great communicator. And mate, thanks for coming on the show because you, you know, people do take their time. You, you know, as you said, you, 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 you know, your kids are probably hungry right now. You know, you've got your business, <laughs> you've got your training, uh, and you take your time to sit down and, and, and speak to a couple of guys like us and tell your message. And you do it very well for anyone out, um, out there that wants to get behind Matt and his great 2022, uh, adventure from where says, uh, jump on board. It's going to be, uh, in the show notes. Uh, what was it? The tattoo runner? So www.thetattoorunner.com. You can also find Matt on Instagram at uh, adventures and activism as well. Uh, but I reckon jump on tattoorunner.com. Tattoo runner. You uh, find yeah. out all the crazy uh, plans for Matt. But, but mate, thank you so much. Sign up for the blog on the website too. I've started weekly blogging again and I enjoy doing that. And that's probably a good way to keep up to date with my antics. But, um, I'd just like to clarify one thing uh, just before we finish. I'm going to take a dig, Jeremy. All right, let's go. <laughs> Your hair. What's wrong with my hair? Is not that dissimilar to Oh! Hold on, hold on. Constantly. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Brad, Brad's got a bun. There's a, there's a constant ribbing of Brad about his, uh, his blocks on the podcast. However, <laughs> oh my a god, rough. do you know what, Matt? Do you know, I take yeah. back everything oh, oh, I said about yeah. you, you know? No, 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 hold on. Brad's got <laughs> long, he never cuts his hair. You know, when he gets it out, yeah, for the viewers at home, like I'll, I've got it tied up in a bun, but I, I do have some, uh, uh, to quote one of my uh, previous podcast guests, some luscious locks. Oh my but god, I agree with you, Matthew. Uh, Jeremy, let's face it, does uh, model himself on, 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 on yours truly. Uh, so his, his short hair is shorter than mine, but mine, sorry, but uh, well, that's because I'm taller than him, so that's fine. That I'll, I'll take shorter <laughs> hair, I'm taller than him, bigger muscles too. But thanks, Maddie, <laughs> love your work. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.